Hey people, I'm Juba, a London-born, Essex-raised and Berlin-based DJ and welcome back to Series 2 of the Assurance Podcast. Last year, I released Assurance, the documentary that I made about the experiences of female DJs in Nigeria. After its release, I realised that there were so many other stories to explore and I wanted to continue the conversations that were started with the first documentary. In each episode, I'm going to be talking to inspiring women DJs in the global south and delving into their own personal journeys, their local music scenes and the impact of their social context on their careers and lives. Series 2 of the Assurance Podcast is sponsored by Adidas and Zalando as part of their Step Into You campaign, which is all about empowerment and confidently taking up space. So basically my first gig was a DJ contest and I was the only femme actually in the lineup. So (laughs) all the attention was on me, which was like terrible because it's like, I mean, on top of the pressure of having your first gig in front of everyone. (laughs) So it's like the only female DJ and that was like the the MC could not stress enough how I was the only female (laughs) DJ on the lineup. (laughs) She's a woman. She's a woman, (laughs) guys. Can you believe it? wonderful people and welcome back to the assurance podcast back here for season two yay Uh, I'm so happy I'm really excited I'm just glad that the conversations that have been started and explored during this whole assurance project are continuing and I really hope that you guys will stick around with me for this series as well and are sticking around with me for this series actually Um, and I'm inspired by the conversations I'm gonna have and I'm having and hopefully you know we can all learn something too so I want this series to be uplifting and motivating whilst also discussing really pressing topics and today I'm joined by Coco M she's an international DJ music producer and filmmaker based in Nairobi Kenya who's been dubbed as the hardest hustling DJ by OK Africa I can second that (laughs) she plays a whole variety of genres ranging from Afro house to Kuduro to Kwaito Lingala and electronic dance music and she's played on stages for Terra Negra Afropunk and Nyege Nyege amidst many others she's also involved in several several community-based projects which focus on education for female and femme-identified individuals. And I've always known her as someone who's outspoken on topics from police brutality to gendered and sexual violence, and she comes from a journalistic background. So I knew that she'd be a really interesting person to talk to. And I just love her energy as well. It's beautiful and her sets are amazing. So hey, why not? Coco M, hello, hello. I'm so gassed. Thank you. (laughs) Hello. Don't be gas. I'm just I'm just speaking the truth. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> oh, dude, I mean, as we were saying before, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling better um, yeah. than yesterday when we were meant yeah. to actually record this podcast. Uh, yeah, just ups and downs and actually a bit of exhaustion as well, I think. It's been a lot, but I'm good. I'm happy. Yeah. How are you? How oh, are you? Great. I feel like the moon was doing maybe a thing because yesterday I was also having a shit day. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Really? but that was yeah Loki. i was happy when you cancelled it but today is much better thank you thank you so much <laughs> you know it's like those moments when like you're meant to be going out with a friend and like yeah. none of you say anything until you're meant to be going out then one yeah. of you's like oh i'm feeling a bit ill and you're like great me too yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> or you feel like, no, it's okay, it's fine, it's fine. You know, next time tomorrow and you're still in bed <laughs> with your plantain <laughs> chips. <laughs> yes, yesterday was one of those days. But yeah, it's today fine. is good, it's great. Sun is shining, uh, just here in Nairobi. Good. Sunny Monday, Nairobi. Yeah, doing well, oh, doing well. I'm That's jealous. All right, so we are recorded on a Monday, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and you're sitting there. I'm jealous. I can see you can sun. see, right? You can I can the see the yeah. African yeah. heat and health. <laughs> I can see you eating plantain crisps, and I'm sitting here in grey, grey Berlin. So let's get into the actual chat, the assurance Sweet. podcast chat. Mm-hmm. So Coco M, um, with all the DJs I've had on the podcast so far, we want to yeah. get to know your story in DJing mm-hmm. and in music. So tell us, when was the first time you touched a pair of decks? How did your DJ journey begin? <laughs> well, so um, I never really saw myself as a DJ in my earlier years. I have a background in journalism, but I always had a passion for music. So I used to share a lot of like uh, music on my Facebook uh page back when you know facebook was nice and intimate and there wasn't like 50 million ads like (laughs) disrupting your experience and so i had friends who'd be like yo your taste in music is so dope oh my god you need to be a dj one person in particular actually it was a friend of mine from from uni and he kept like pushing me and pushing me i was like you know what yeah it's not so bad actually and back then i was like really into hip-hop and stuff so as you know i thought i was a g of like posting like Buckner fake and what Dasi effects and Wu Tang and all of that <laughs> stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm not so bad. What? Let me go buy a pair of decks. So I, I, I spoke to a friend of mine who was at uh, working at Nation Media. That's the, the media house I was working at uh, at the time. And he told me like, yeah, I bought my pair of decks from um, eBay and I can show you how. I was like, okay, what is that eBay? I had no fucking idea what eBay was. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's really? go. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, eBay, eBay has been my life since I was in school. I used to really? love eBay bidding, like bidding for clothes. Oh my gosh. I got so many pairs of Doc Martens on there i got things i still have yeah ebay i loved it yo and i think i may have googled what it was and i think i got like this horror story of this guy who bought stolen merch like he's he bought like a stolen pc or something and then there was choppers like coming to his place to arrest him and i was like are you sure i'm not gonna be conned he's like he's like no 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 let's just like you know give me an address i can use give me the money and i'll hook you up so i bought my first pair of um one really like Dex, Dex, it was a controller, a Hercules controller. Uh, you know, uh, it got stolen a few years ago, so I get a bit emotional when I'm talking about oh, it. But... No. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we bought it and it arrives and I think I stared at it for like a few months. I didn't know what to do with it. And, and I was so busy at work and I was like, why did I buy this thing, man? <laughs> But after a couple of months, uh, towards the end of 2015, I started messing around with it and I I made, a, what's it called, a DJ set, right, um, with it, a full DJ set, playing around with it, you know, going on YouTube, the school of YouTube. And then I uh, saw this call online for, um, it was a DJ contest online uh, and it was put out by this uh, group called the Bad Mambo. 
family and they were looking for like the new young you know underground djs and i was like man let me let me let me push my set and see what happens and i was shortlisted <laughs> as one of the top 10 <laughs> nice DJs. yeah to take part in in the contest so, yeah so basically my first gig was a dj contest and i was the only femme actually in the lineup so <laughs> All the attention was on me, which was like terrible because it's like, I mean, on top of the pressure of having your first of game course. in front of everyone. <laughs> so it's like, the only female DJ. And that was more like the, the MC could not stress enough how I was the only female <laughs> DJ on the line. <laughs> She's a woman. <laughs> She's a woman, guys. Can you believe it? Anyways, I get on stage and I forgot, completely forgot that there was such a thing as a crossfader. So I'm playing my first song and my uh, crossfader is all the way to the left and I throw in the the next song but I can't hear it so I turn it up I'm like yeah I can't hear it I turn it up I can't hear it I turn it up <laughs> first song is ending I'm still turning I'm cranking this thing up I've cranked it to the maximum I'm like mommy I can't hear this thing how my friend then I realized oh crossfader I slide this thing to the right way. Wait, 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 wait. I nearly exploded all this because <laughs> I saw the owner like doing a slow run, like dun, dun, dun. Fah, jumped on the stage, switched off everything. <laughs> He's like, are you okay? Because <laughs> you were going to burst yo, the speakers, yo, burst the whole system, right? Yo, burst the whole function one. It, it was at the, the spot called the Alchemist in Westlands. Yo, 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 yo. Me, my head is spinning. I'm like, what is this? What the <laughs> <laughs> looking at me like wow <laughs> yeah but yeah safe to say i didn't make it to the top five you didn't make it to the top five but it's so funny because like obviously he'd been making such a big deal about you being the female dj and like yeah she's a woman Yo. and then it's like <sighs> you went and you fucked up and it's like oh no yes. oh, you like, see you see <laughs> And it's like you become a representation of your entire gender, even though you're just one person who made a mistake. That's the sad reality of femme DJs. It's like if one femme DJ cannot yeah. DJ, if all of you, the lot of you, you are just useless. But then exactly. uh, the, the one of the founders of the Bad Mambo group is a lady. She was called Katie. She pulled me to the side, right? Because I managed to like, you know, uh, skim through my entire set, you know, without completely train wrecking it. And she pulls me to the side. She's like, listen, like you have an amazing um, selection of music. You just need to go back and practice. Just keep doing it. Me in my head, I'm like, hell no. I'm never coming here again. First of all, <laughs> what the hell was this <laughs> but i i just i absolutely love music i feel like that was the main driver of me getting to where i am today is that i mean, i couldn't stop listening and just like being super curious about like how do you make a good set like i i just want to like sit down put it together so i kept i kept at it and um the next time i played was at a friend's event um so she runs a sort of pop-up a craft fair pop-up event where she sets up uh, um, a select group of vendors and like DJs come and play for the people who are coming to shop and so I was one of the people who would uh, play music for the people who would come through and someone was like yo your selection is dope I'm going to introduce you to this hip-hop DJ who plays at the Alchemist I was like oh lord I have to go back there I have to show my face there oh. again. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, this time I was, yeah I was really I was, I was, I was like I'm ready I'm going to prove a point I'm coming back with a I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I am, I am the one. Boy. You got something to yeah. prove. 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he was gracious enough to give me like a, a resi- type of residency, like a spot before him to kind of warm the floor up. So I used to play for like, you know, five people, my sister, <laughs> the bartenders and stuff. But I was, you know, I was content. I was like, this is it. This is nice. Right? <laughs> and so that's uh, also good practice as well. Yeah, 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 for sure. There's not, there's, n- there's no pressure and you kind of relax and stuff and just like you don't fight yourself or your, your, your intuition or your instinct you know because i feel like a lot of the sets that i've played really well you're not questioning your movements you're not questioning how you're going to throw this song in and yeah so it was pretty good as well and i that's where i grew like yeah that's where i practice my stuff nice here we are Mm. that's quite um that's quite a story and i'm actually glad because you basically answered my second question about your first gig um and it's just i've spoken about my first gig on various occasions in the in the first series so everyone go listen to the first series of the assurance podcast and i think um there was that frustration because i spent so much time practicing at home Mm-hmm. and like really getting the sets down and like work at my, my transitions and my phase and all this kind of stuff and it's yeah. like I was so prepared for my first set and then the way my first set just bombed it was like a misrepresentation of myself it was just awful and um, but luckily mm-hmm. I guess like it wasn't a DJ competition and I wasn't mm-hmm. like a representation of female DJs because I was with my collective and we were women so yeah um, yeah, 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 yeah I feel you but oh, man. <laughs> It's good that you got a chance to redeem yourself <laughs> in some yes, ways. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Thank yeah. God. I mean, not to say that like I was completely smooth and there was no train wrecks, but at least then I was a bit but more still. confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Coco M, for the people who are listening, you're based in Kenya, in Nairobi. Yes. So yes, tell I us, am. like, what's been going on in Nairobi? What's the social situation like there? Wow, how much time do you have? Speaking of the time, <laughs> Nairobi, Nairobi. We is, have about fifteen minutes for this section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not enough, but let's go. So, um, I mean, let me let me let me cut Kenya some slack. Like over the last um, ten years, the social let's just say the economic growth has been exponential. It's been crazy. Like I think Kenya's just like work day in, day out from 4 a.m. There's people on the road going somewhere, going to work. But this this whole COVID thing kind of exposed a lot of the issues that the country has had over the years. That's poverty, inequality, corruption. And now more recently, it's just coming out that we are one of the the world's most depressed nations. And I feel like a lot of these issues are shared with a lot of uh, growing nations, quote unquote, growing nations, where you have you you have this this need or this drive to just develop, 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 but at the risk of leaving a whole bunch of people behind, the people that you use. And it's like it's exposed to the issues we have with with capitalism and living in a capitalist society in a third world country so Kenya is like it's a mix of the two because on the one hand we have um these these huge systemic issues but on the other hand the people are so driven and I feel like they're driven by the need to survive so people are always working people are always like you know they're just about their business so it doesn't matter what's going on whether it's like you know president is fighting with deputies what and there's elections coming people are just focused on their work and you know feeding their families pretty much yeah 
that said kenya is super beautiful i mean we have amazing weather for for the most part of the year we enjoy some level of political stability but we are going into an election year next year which is just in in my mind i don't want to be like a doomsday predictor but like two years of feeling the repercussions of a pandemic and then now going into an election year it feels like it's just going to get a lot more worse for the people and the desperation that the people are having is just going to hit a boiling point it's like a pressure cooker you know it's like you push people to the wall too much you don't give them any um uh, what's this there was some governments i feel like like my partner where he's from canada and they were giving um the people something to at least pay off their rent you know during the covid times where you had to be under lockdown or curfew strict measures when you have that little bit of money at least you have something that's one one piece of worry is removed from your mind but we have not had that support from from our government so i feel like it's just like a unfortunately it's like a ticking time bomb yeah you know what it's funny because when you're saying that Kenyans are really hard working mm-hmm. and you said that people are walking around at 4am working in my head I was mm-hmm. like hmm is that healthy so I think it's also interesting that you went on to say that Kenya is like one of the most depressed nations because I think as well like I don't know being like an African I think we have this idea at least externally that mm-hmm. like a lot of African countries are not as economically developed but everyone's really happy because you know they have less but they're really happy about what they have mm-hmm. um that's mm-hmm. like this sort of stereotype I think I think what you're saying is really really interesting because it's like no actually yes these countries are qu- like Kenya's quickly developing but at yes. what human cost and what exactly. is the implication of, uh, you know, having to work all day, all night to make ends meet? I also think, yeah, living in Germany during COVID, there was a lot mm-hmm. of help, at least for creatives and people who like lost their jobs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think even, you know, talking to people who are not, who are in, I think, Colombia, in like Kenya, in even in the UK in some ways, like so mm-hmm. many different governments offered such varying levels of help. And it mm-hmm. was really important that governments helped their people, but not all of them did. Yeah, 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 which is quite sad. For us, we're a bit lucky because food is not that expensive. You can live by um, a small amount and get your daily, your vegetables and stuff. Those are the things that are cheap. We have an avocado tree here. I mean, there's some some of those things where it's like, fine, we're not getting the assistance, but then we're not completely starving. But then that's just yeah. me and like the class that I am in the middle working class. There's the lower end, which is like, it's, it's complete, it's chaos. And then you also had a lot of uh, rise in uh, domestic sexual violence. When people say gender-based violence, they automatically feel like it's just the women. There's cases where it's like, it's also the men and boys facing this. And I feel like it's just a reflection of what's going on in the society at the moment. It's like you you're, you have so many pressures, you are stressed out, you're, you know, everything is just against you. You're hungry, you're desperate, you're tired, you, and, and then mm. you're forced to be under some crazy lockdown in your house and you can barely Mm. call it a house because there's standards for what a house should be a house should be a certain size it should have a door it should have a window some of these people are living in shacks and there's Mm. like raw sewage running outside your door i mean what is expected of 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 a human being living in such conditions i don't even know man like and i and i can't say because 
I have I have seen these things uh, over my time as a working as a journalist, and I had to I had to slow down as well because I feel like it was actually causing me to be a bit depressed. It's so crazy. You have on the one hand the governors are crying for like a grant because the MPs are getting grants and they are getting loans for cars, and then you go downtown and it's like a man just stabbed his wife with a kitchen knife and hey. they cook and 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 shit and and like live in the same space and it's like you know just like having that happening every single day for three and a half years it was it was too much it was it it was like uh, but then you realize that this is the reality for people every single day even mm-hmm. today and right now it's worse it's a lot worse it's insane um and you know what funny enough what you were saying about domestic mm-hmm. violence um or domestic abuse or domestic breakdown mm-hmm. and how it affects women as well as men mm-hmm. i actually mm-hmm. remember listening um a mm-hmm. few years ago to this bbc documentary or little news piece and it was based in kenya i believe mm-hmm. and it was about um really high suicide rates male suicide rates in certain villages mm-hmm. um and it was really interesting because basically yes. a lot of men were going yes. through economic and financial hardship and because of the pressures that are on men due to patriarchy and the idea that the man should be the sole provider a lot of the the wives and their Mm -hmm, families were mm -hmm. leaving them and like basically rejecting them because they weren't fulfilling their role as a man who should provide for his family and it led to a lot of pressure which ultimately led to a lot of men committing suicide and there was a particular village where like so many men committed suicide because they Mm. basically were failing under the pressures of patriarchy yeah 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 i think i read that same article and there was an image of a man crying and i was like you know when you're raised from a as 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 a young boy you're you're taught don't cry like just like be a man you know like it doesn't matter what happens even if you fall like you 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 break your yeah like just don't cry you punch know? a wall or <laughs> something you're supposed to take care of the woman if you cry what will your wife do exactly so it's like you're growing up like this and then now you're actually the one shouldering a lot of the responsibility for bringing back like the bacon uh, you know so uh, so to speak for your family and then the the pandemic happens the reality of most men is that even when there is no like when they do make the little they have to give it to the to the wife and and, and to the mm. to their children fast before they eat and it's it's breaking a lot of men to be honest but it's a lot. yeah yeah, yeah it's and then lot. also i guess also that that pressure and that frustration at life also leads into domestic violence that will exactly. be suffered by women because they exactly. take out their frustration on their wives on and the, people around the women them and the children and the yeah the babies and stuff and a lot of ugly things happen so yeah mm-hmm. it's and it's, the pandemic i can imagine has exacerbated it man yeah like this world should just yeah. turn upside down wash all of us out into the ocean and then just start again because like what, hey. what is going on man like, it's just yo honestly ah. sometimes i'm just like let there be a, a, a you know a tsunami <laughs> a, somewhere a, a volcano meteor. somewhere yeah. A, a, yeah. a fire yeah. a meteor <laughs> and let's just reset because it's yeah. fucked up it's fucked up like they we, keep redirecting up. it i'm like no let that thing come my friend it's been it's been time why, why are you like we're asking for it no yeah. honestly i guess going from that bringing it back to music so how mm-hmm. has the current situation impacted the music scene in mm-hmm. in kenya in nairobi like different scenes that there are that you're part of Mm-hmm. So um, it, immediately after the the was it our first wave, which kind of hit us a bit late, and I feel like we were in denial. I feel like this thing hit us a long time ago. People were like, "It's just a cold. It's fine." And then finally, finally, <laughs> people are like, "Okay, fine. Maybe this is COVID." <laughs> so there was an immediate lockdown. 
um, and and curfew restrictions issued by the government, and this obviously affects the 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 entertainment industries fast because you rely on you know the nightclubs, the the music events. Most of them were happening in the nighttime, and the restaurants and the bars and stuff. Everything was shut down. So a lot of people were put out of work. That was uh, early last year, around from March onwards, March 2020. And it seriously, like, if if you've been making your living and your school fees for your kids and your rent money and your everything from, from DJing or entertainment or music, and then overnight it's shut down without an indication of when it will be lifted, without any support from government, obviously you're going to, um, you're going to suffer. Everything felt like it was falling apart for me, but I was fortunate because I still have a support system. I still have my family, my friends, my partner. So when I'd go a few months without rent i would borrow rent from from these people from my circle but there's a lot of entertainers who don't have this as an option and so a lot of them like you'll see stories on the news so and so has committed suicide so and so has like you know is on the street so and so is like mm. you know selling all their dj gear for throwaway prices because they're they're facing rent pressure from their from their landlords and stuff so it's 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 really hit the entertainment industry. Yeah, it's crazy that we're still here, and um, who knows? By this time next year, we may still be in a similar situation. Exactly. Yeah. When the state of curfew and lockdown was was announced, it was taken as as a security emergency, as opposed to a medical emergency. So instead of protecting the people, ensuring that they get home safely. People were actually being beaten and tear gassed <laughs> by police. Like if you're found on the streets, you're whipped Mm-mm. on the streets. It was quite sad to see a lot of the inner city, the lower income uh, households, the people there being abused by police. But at the same time, you are kind of closing your eyes to the people who are zooming past in their big cars and their Prados and like partying in, you know, uptown uh, neighborhoods because they can pay Mm. you something, you know? So it's like the law is not being applied equally as it has been. It's never been applied equally to the peoples, the different peoples that that exist in Kenya. But now it was more, Mm. it was in your face, you know? It was in the news. It was in the papers and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, it was exacerbated by the pandemic. It's not easy at all. It's, um, and I guess like having the liberty to speak out is a privilege that many people don't experience but generally speaking as I say in terms of like um, Nairobi and like the society how does that impact the music scene like what's the music scene like in Nairobi culturally what is the feel Mm. okay so Nairobi um, I mentioned this a lot when I speak about Nairobi Nairobi has like two divides there's the the downtown Nairobi and uptown Nairobi both super vibrant super like um, um, people are creative people are just driven they're just like making music every other day dropping tracks every other day we get by with what we have with the means that we have that's to say that like there's not much support with the ministries in charge of of music and entertainment and stuff but people come out and they they organize festivals they organize um, you know club nights they organize like day events and stuff and they get by and they actually like you know make their living from the from the industry we used to have a very vibrant nightlife um 
like you know it's it's party till the sun comes up and then the next party starts kenyans love to have a good time i love an excuse for a holiday so that they can go out <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to 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 party all night all night long <laughs> so um yeah that's that's basically what the industry has been like but yeah kenyans are very creative we love music we love to party we love to dance we love now we love ama piano <laughs> every other day so ama piano yeah there oh, hey ama oh, <laughs> piano oh my god ama yeah. piano no, it's like a here drugs. in London, in I mean, honestly, I guess like I say London, but like I'm yeah. in Germany. But the, the, in London <laughs> right now, it's all about I'm a piano, yeah. I'm a piano this, I'm a piano that that. Then there's all these debates about who can play I'm a piano, whether we should speed up I'm a piano, whether I'm a piano <laughs> should only be played by some African artists or whether UK artists are oh taking over. My- politics yeah i do love i'm a piano it really is a it's a, it's a great sound I, I think i could talk about it all day but i guess mm-hmm. it's interesting about um you know mm-hmm. kenya and nairobi and the sort of diy music culture that is created like people love to party people love to enjoy themselves people want to yes. dance and i think yes, especially yes, when you have yes. societies where there's so much um I guess stress and pressures in many ways the other extreme mm-hmm. is people want to like really mm-hmm. enjoy and let go and have fun and like really make the most of the the moments of enjoyment they can get the music industry also just needs to push mm. as one body because a lot of the 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 mentality of a lot of artists in Kenya unfortunately is I am going out at it myself I want to gain for myself I want to win for myself I'm, I'm I am the star you know but we need to speak more as a collective body you know but I think it like that kind of comes from like even corruption mentalities like that individualism yeah. that comes from not being able to rely upon anything else apart from yourself mm-hmm. so it's like I'm gonna look after me I'm mm-hmm. gonna look after my own interests because mm-hmm. I can't rely upon anything else really exactly exactly yeah. Coco M is interesting hearing about Kenya the music scene mm-hmm. pre and during the pandemic so what is mm-hmm. it like also for women in particular in Nairobi's music scene especially DJs producers people who just like Mm -hmm. frequent your music world I feel like within my own experience in the last six years I've noticed a huge growth in the number of fans coming out to DJ to produce their own work and I feel like this has been because of the intentional support that organizations such as Century East Africa Femme Electronic have been putting into the industry to to, to call out or to seek out the women and to give them the platform because there have been women, there's lots of women who DJ and they like and they, and they produce, but I feel like they're just stuck to to the bedroom or, or like to smaller events because the industry has always been favored to for men and Kenya being a very conservative um, society, a lot of these activities that happen uh at night are always you know frowned upon it's always like you know you're going to the club to do what to 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 prostitute yourself or to you know engage in drugs and 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 you know illegal activities so most of these have always um been seen as male dominated or or preferably activities for men and women have been discouraged to take part in these activities uh, DJing activities yeah so it sounds like you're going out to do something super super risque but you're actually going out to work and to you know play music and to entertain people so I feel like it has changed a lot in the last six months I mean in the last six years but there's still a long way to go yeah I think that's a recurring theme the idea that you know women are almost criticized for being out at night I remember mm-hmm. my actual documentary that I did there's mm-hmm. a lot of um I, I guess stigma against women who 
stay out late at night for their jobs and it's like Mm -hmm. this is my job in the same way that your nine to five job is a job it's just that my one's at night um and I remember you were saying that you know it's it's always good to hear that there's progress being made in terms of the numbers I think we're hopefully getting past the point where there's no women like you you know when you did your competition you were the only women I can imagine (laughs) now it'll be a very different story but um, I guess before you were you were speaking about how it's not just about women being there but it's also about how comfortable they feel in the spaces so i feel like a big issue has not just been that the women have not been accommodated it's that the men have not even noticed that there's been this gap because they're so engrossed in their own activities in their own musical you know um um agenda that they don't notice that you know there's 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 actually not enough women in the in the industry and when they do come in because they've been so used to like doing things themselves it's sort of like a boys club going joining a boys club and you hear certain like you know banter that can rub you off the wrong way as a woman but like is like nothing to a guy so it's like when they do create these opportunities they also need to like intentionally make it so that it's inclusive and, and conducive to like having femmes around and certain talk which can be seen as you know sex, you know harassment or like you know just basically looking down on a femme because they think that they the, the women don't know what they're doing or like you know um this is not your space and stuff stuff like that needs to actively be be addressed by the men themselves because i feel like another issue is that all of this work is always left to the woman where it's like, I have to demand respect. I have to act a certain way. I have to be like a bitch on set so that I can be respected. Whereas I should be able to come join a crew of men and be myself and still be respected in the same way that I give the respect to to the men that I am working with. So these spaces still need to do the work. And I feel like another thing that the women have decided to do or the femmes have decided to do is to create their own spaces where everything is conducive for them it's clear the the, you know um um, the rules of conduct are clear code of conduct is clear everything that you need to do professionally you can't you do it you leave and it's 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 like sort of like a um if if you're not going to do the work we we don't have the time to like you know chase you down to 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 Mm. to respect us we're just going to go out and do our own thing and i feel like that's what has added to the growth in the women that we're seeing coming out yeah the industry Mm. yeah yeah so it seems like we've gotten to the point where there's diversity but diversity is tokenistic unless you really implement things that make that diversity Mm. comfortable so making sure it's a safe space making sure it's a space where women are respected and Mm -hmm. they're not just there as like the female djs or like you know the ones who are creating a bit of diversity from the very heavy male lineup that's like the next important step so we can just make it normal so we need to like make sure that people everyone feels comfortable that's like the next step I guess but it's also really good to hear that the progress is being made and it is there but we just need to sort of like make the next progress the next step like you know even more um what's that word even more purposeful well no there's a word there's a word intentional even even more even more Mm. oh my god I was gonna say even more intentional (laughs) (laughs) even more intentional got it we got there finally of the Assurance Podcast is sponsored by Adidas and Zalando as part of their Step Into You campaign. This is all about women taking up space and self-empowerment by empowering others. 
we've been speaking about women and music and Kenyan society, Nairobi, and just how mm-hmm. things are progressing, but there's still a, a stage more to go or a couple yeah. of stages more to go. But um, this podcast, as I said, is sponsored by Adidas and Zalando as part of their Step Into You campaign. And mm-hmm. so I also want this podcast to focus on confidence and like taking up space and how you've taken up space. So Emma to, oh, I just said your government name, Coco M. Wow, my Uh-oh. government. Oh, <laughs> in, in case the authorities want to get to you, no, I'm joking. Um, so to inspire those who are listening, they want to like realise their own power, step into their own space. Yeah. How have you been able to occupy space and like stand your ground in your career? How have you developed your confidence? Um, so I always go back to um, this um, show that I played, Boiler Room, and mm. I remember being super conflicted about it, uh, about what I was going to play, about, you know, um, what I wanted to do with that set, because there was so much pressure to such a big platform. And it had only come like just a few months into my career. I was just still a very new DJ. And someone had um, heard me playing and like I was put on Worldwide FM and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm playing Boiler Room. And I spoke to one of the organizers of the event and I just explained to her, I was like, yo, I'm feeling a bit like nervous and jittery and unsure of myself. And she was like, just do you, sis, just do you. Like whatever happens, like if you don't have fun, you're going to regret this mm-hmm. so bad if you don't, if you're not true to yourself, you know. And I didn't have the time to really give it a lot of thought because I was in the process of uh, DOPing a feature film um, and I was not given any time off from that either so I had to dash from there come to my my boiler room set but I had her words ringing in my head so I would say don't like if I was to give anyone advice how to go about whatever craft it is that you are doing do not waste too much time feeling unsure about what it is that you want to do because chances are when you reach the point that you are in you're already properly like not trained but you already know what you want to do you just need to like have that little bit of self like pat your own self on the back and be like you know what you're doing you got this self self-assurance self self self-confidence so i feel like just being just being um very your biggest fan pretty much just be your yeah. own biggest even if you're train wrecking the thing just like be smart like yo whatever like so it, it that has kept me going and the people that I play for the support that I get the people who who, who keep pushing me my my circle my friends I don't know if they're just gassing me because they're my friends my partner like you know just being like yo the shield you're you're really good just keep going keep practicing mm. keep like you know refining yourself keep discovering you know don't stop discovering new music so that 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 keeps you just like you know on your toes and keep, keep definitely going. like that. Um, yeah. I like that you use the word assurance first of all. I like yeah, that. A bit yes, of, a bit of product <laughs> placement there. Assurance, all about assurance. But I think yeah, the, a running theme is like that confidence. Like you know, when you're having a bad time, when you fuck something up, half the time mm-hmm. people don't even notice until you draw attention to it. Or mm-hmm. it's like when you have a, when you see a picture of yourself or you hear something in yourself and you mm-hmm. are the only one who notices it and no one else notices. Yes. So yes, I think yes, it's yes, like yes. having that that mentality that like I've got this and I have the confidence mm. and when you show that externally, people mm. really absorb that as well and they believe it for you. you it's know? true. Yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true, it's true. And also just, yeah, the energy. I think that's what made, for me, playing during the pandemic was very hard because 
I was I was not playing in front of people anymore. I was playing in front of a screen. And I feel like some DJs, we feed off of the energy that we receive from the crowd. If you're like super hyped, I get more hyped. You get hyped. We're just getting hyped, hyped, hyped. Yeah. And then now we're just, I'm just looking at the laptop. I'm like, do you, are you even here? Are you enjoying this? Like what's going on? So that was pretty difficult to shift, to shift to and get used to. But yeah, I look forward to a time when we're able to like go out and play again and just like, you know, feed off of this energy. So that energy comes from like your your own self-confidence yeah, and sure, just sure. knowing what it is. Yeah, you want to come out and do and just doing it pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I second you on the whole like play into a screen and like, you know, yeah. not being able to get that um that re- that feedback from people, it can yeah. make it harder to like really have that confidence in your sets. But also, once when, when you get that, then you're like, I'm I'm unstoppable. Um, <laughs> exactly. So kind of looking back as well, like um, what motivates you? What inspires you to do what you're doing? Um, for me, music is my one of my biggest drivers. Um, last year when I was not able to go on on tour or to have any more live shows. I've shifted my thinking after a long time of, you know, like being in denial and grieving the whole career. I felt like my career was ending and it had just Mm. begun and I'd lost my agent. And I was like, no. So then I decided to shift focus to production. So I tasked myself to produce uh, a track every day, a beat a day. That was my project (laughs) on Ableton. I look back on that and I feel like that that has pushed me to where I am right now, where I'm about to have an EP, my first debut EP released in, in a few weeks, in a few in two months, hopefully, inshallah. Switching my mindset from DJing uh, to another aspect of music production has also opened doors for me to work with organizations in my in my community, such as Santuri and uh, and create my own community as well uh, called Simsima, which focuses on femme uh, producers, femme uh, artists, musicians who want to still, you know, uh, keep keep their keep their musical aspirations alive. Offer them the support that we can. The support that has been offered to me by Sanctuary has been amazing because now we're able to do workshops and, you know, not have the participants pay a dime, you know, to participate and hopefully one day be able to pay them, you know, a per diem or something to sustain mm-hmm. them as they, you know, continue to chase their musical, you know, dreams in such a crazy time, in a pandemic, in, a, in, a, in an economic, in an, uh, you know, economic depression, in it's 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 quite a miracle that yeah. some of us are still you know still still, still standing the, it's true it's true it's yeah. true it's a, it's a crazy time yeah mm-hmm. And I was actually going to ask, I mean, you've kind of gotten into it now then, but um, yeah. I wanted you to sort of shout out organisations or people or groups that have been doing things for women yeah. in music, uh, just yeah. doing, the, doing the Lord's work in the music industry. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the Lord's work, that's what it is. So, yeah, as I've mentioned before, the Century East Africa, uh, which began in 2017, is still pushing for inclusion in the music community in Kenya. There is a Femme Electronique that was started by uh, DJ Rachel in Uganda. Amazing, amazing, amazing work by them. And it branched out to Kenya. And so the ladies within the community, DJs such as DJ Shock, who started this um, network called the Kenya's Kenya's Finest Female DJs, KFFD, was like a mm-hmm. database of like hundreds and hundreds of female DJs in the country. And we managed to do a few meetups before the, the pandemic, but she keeps it like going 
um, you know, uh, informing people about new shows, new gear, you know, new opportunities for for DJs so that we're not left, you know, in the dark about these things. And then my my little baby, Simsima, which is just like uh, a mirror of the Femme Electronic Network, which which unfortunately did not um, continue, but like all of the, the pros and cons of running uh, an organization were like I learned everything being inside of it and so we're trying to just replicate the same thing and just like keep the community moving forward and inspiring other people to come up with their own initiatives and their own like um, um, projects and networks and stuff but that's cool because it's like it's all a learning process isn't it really like you never you don't know what you know what lessons you need to learn until things happen and you know even if these things don't happen then in the Mm. future you're going to be better equipped like even with this podcast and the documentary I've had so many failed attempts at documentaries in the past um Mm -hmm. and then eventually assurance came about and actually went quite well and even with this podcast and it's like the lessons that I learned like back up your stuff (laughs) have alternatives oh my days you You lost stuff no oh wait ask me where are those documentaries that I made when I was in university they don't exist because I lost all of the all of the data all the information so yeah. I'm so careful oh, these days I but feel the pain yeah, yeah. Mm. I wouldn't have learned these lessons if I hadn't have made mistakes so definitely and I'm gonna yeah. ask you another a final question for for this section anyway so <laughs> okay we'll talk about taking up space and like stepping yeah. into yourself and being your own person so what message yeah. do you have for the younger Coco M the Coco M who started who <laughs> wanted to learn how to DJ what message do you have for her yeah I mean, I look back on her. I feel like there's been growth, but not like drastic growth. I still feel like I have certain self-confidence issues that I try to like, you know, snap away from and stuff. But I would say congratulations for, you know, picking up the tools to do it, you know, driving yourself to do it. Um, I would say... um, I would I would apologize actually for wasting a lot of time you know in 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 self doubt because when you are in an industry such as this one you are as especially as a femme uh, player I don't know what it is about uh, pitting a woman against another woman so you're mm. always like in this space where you're comparing yourself to somebody else or dreading the day somebody else will be compared to you as better than you or come and take your spot and stuff. And I'm like, I rarely see that happening with the guys, I guess, because there are just so many, like, you know, it's like, <laughs> who is who? But still, it's like, it's mm. always, you know, who's the new hottest femme? For, like, who's the sexiest femme? Who is this? Who is that? So there's always just those questions behind your head, like, am I still relevant? Am I still hot? Am I still, you know, uh, mm-hmm. am I still doing the thing? But something that right now I don't care too much for. I'm doing I'm doing my thing. I am hopefully inspiring other people to do their thing. I support whoever I can fully and and like I will I will I will bring you in. I will teach you how to use the controller that I have if you need. Like like just that uh, growing together, that aspect of growing together, moving away from like the fear of someone coming and taking your spot or you not being hot and come and reaching this point. I want to apologize to the younger Emma for feeling that she needed to, like, you know, yeah, to to <laughs> to That's do nice that though. to like, prove themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Giving yourself a break. You know what? Like, yeah. I guess there's so mm. many things like in 
it's like scarcity mentality, poverty mentality. When you are mm. told mm. that, you know, there's not enough mm. space for you, when you feel like there, you don't belong there, when you feel like it's going to be taken away from you, you have that scarcity yeah. mentality when actually yeah. we should probably like mm. lean more into abundance and realize that there's space for everyone. And there's no problem mm-hmm. if a younger, hotter, potentially more interesting girl comes through. Yes. There's, you know, there's space <laughs> for you to be old and boring yeah. and that's yeah. okay. <laughs> But yeah, I think um, <laughs> I have the right to be old and boring. That is that is the title of today's podcast. There's space oh. to be old and boring. <laughs> but no, I think and that's good. Like kind of like give yeah. yourself a break. I mean, I think I still struggle with that. I've, I'm definitely yeah. really hard on myself sometimes when it comes oh. to productivity and I was Mm. saying before that um for me I have this kind of hang up I guess about starting Mm -hmm. late in an industry that is very youth driven Mm -hmm. and I don't know how you feel but you know I started DJing when I was what 26 and I'm 30 now Ah, going 31 and yeah yeah, and you have this feeling like if I don't make it now then I'm never gonna make it and there's always like (laughs) younger people coming through and you you kind of worry that like is my age gonna be a reason that this really cool organization or radio station doesn't want to work with me all these things that go through your head and trying to make up for lost time so I think it's like it's good Mm. to for me to be proactive and to be on it but I think it's also important to like be a bit nicer to yourself and also be like oh I can't kill myself for this kind of stuff like what will happen will happen I can work towards things but I'm not gonna like overstress myself for these Mm -hmm. often capitalistic views of what success is you know like how much exactly. money you're making, yeah, how many yeah, gigs yeah, you're yeah. getting, how busy you yeah. are. It's all capitalism, yeah. like produce, produce, yeah. produce, do, do, do. So Churn as much yeah. from you as possible and then move on to the next. It's like use you exactly. and then just like move on to the next, which is, exactly. yeah, it's unsustainable. So Emma, we're 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 slowing down. We're um, mm, mm. coming to the end of the podcast and doing a bit of final reflection. So I would like you to tell yeah. me first of all, mm. in your career, can you share a no moment when you doubted your decision to DJ? Yeah, I think I can share two no moments when I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" And I was um, still working at Nation Media as a journalist, and uh, had to finish work really late, dashed to my night gig, which was not paying anything. I had to actually pay for parking. I had to buy my own food. I had Mm. to, like, you know, stay up all night prepping this set. And then I had to do this every single week for months and months and months. And I was not seeing, like, in my head, I was not seeing a difference. A lot of people tell me that they used to hear me playing back in, in those days of the alchemist. And I'm like, how, where the hell were you? Were you under the table? I could not see you. Like, <laughs> I, I did not feel like there was anyone there backing me up or even listening to what I was doing. So back then I was like, by the way, what is this thing? Like, I should just stick it as a hobby, do it like, you know, for friends and stuff and like not continue to pursue it. But then I had my my small break after 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 a bit of pushing that that was one moment and another one was when I was shooting the feature film as a trainee it was very difficult it was a two-week long production full production where I was the DOP in training and I had to work very closely with the director in training and we basically had zero sleep hours because we were the first ones up we had to meet every day 6 a.m uh, uh picture was up at 6 p.m picture is down by the time you get home it's 10 and then you're like you start the cycle again 3 a.m 4 a.m like that for like days and days and days 
and and my my one of my biggest gigs is coming up, which was Boiler Room, and I I requested permission to like get off uh, early on the day of Boiler Room, and I was denied that request, and I was actually told you need to if you if a woman gets married, they need to either pick their husband or their boyfriends they oh no they need to let go of the boyfriends is what i was told so now the boyfriends in this question was was my my dj was music (laughs) can you imagine (laughs) like are you serious that's also rude it's just like i guess society doesn't take boyfriends seriously so it's like they're really not taking your career seriously they're not taking it it's like a hobby it's like yeah you need to you need to decide what you want sis and and then i was like listen number one at the time the music was actually paying me more than my than, than the filming the filming was stressful it was so grueling and I, and I feel like you know I brought this up with my partner once and he was like why does the filming industry have to be this high pressure like heart attack giving like you know produce this in this time or or your your life is over type situation where uh and and I was not getting much joy from it at the time and music was just filling me up in every every way possible. So I had to make a split. I was at a crossroads actually, because I had heard from several people they were like, You can't do both. You can't you have to pick mm. one. You have to pick music or you have to pick film. And I was like, I love both to my heart and I'm going to do my boiler upset. I don't care. So I went and did it, but I would have probably not chosen it if I was not being true to myself. Or mm. listening to like you know support from people. People were like, you know, you're actually really good. This is a big opportunity. Just do it. Just just hop on a border, arrive at the do the sets. Like, and mm. I, I had one hour sleep while wow. doing that boiler room set. People were like, you look so chill. I was like, I was sleepy. I was sleep. I was just hey. <laughs> the reason I look chill uh, is because I was. Literally, I was sleeping. I was not even conscious. I wasn't there. But yeah, yeah. So it's kind yeah. of like you had to you had to make a decision. It was music or film, and so that was a potential no moment. But I'm glad you stuck with music. I'm glad you yes. stuck with music. Um, I feel. Like, I hope you feel like you made the right decision. I did for sure. Um, for sure. Good. For sure. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yes, yes, great. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> guess almost leading on to the next section quite easily mm-hmm. or quite well um mm-hmm. going from the no moment tell us your yes moment when you decided you were like yeah I've made the right decision to DJ I guess it might even be that moment when you chose you know deep between DJ and then film yes that was it that was it my my boiler room set although there's like lots of you know train wrecks in that in those transitions Actually, it was because I had just been, we just been robbed, me and my sister. They took the whole, the laptop, all my drives, the headphones, the controller, they took everything. So I had to order a new controller, which arrived two days before Boiler Room. I had to learn how to use it. The laptop I'm using is my friend's laptop, and I wasn't used to using Macs. So I didn't even, like, selecting songs, just, like, the effects, everything. I had to relearn everything. But I look back on that experience, and I I feel like I killed it. I I feel like it was was meant to be the way it was. It was was paced the way it was, and, and it has been a huge, huge, huge plus in my career. Everyone who, like, hits me up, will not fail to mention that session. And I'm super proud of, of, of that moment, to be honest. It was, mm. it was a lot of fun. For <laughs> I, I mean, at the time that. when I was doing it. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> I, I watched it because when I was doing my boiler room I, I think I did yeah. my boiler room like two years ago I definitely watched yeah. your one for reference it was so nice like, yeah. it was really oh. peaceful and just like yeah. I don't know it was beautiful <laughs> and I guess yeah now I can look back and realize that you were sleeping halfway through I was, but, hey. um, 
<laughs> no, it was really, it was really nice. So I'm glad, and I feel like maybe that was like a necessary moment to have. Like sometimes the most beautiful things yes. come from like a lot yes. of stress and turmoil. Um, yeah. and I'm glad yeah. you had that moment, and I, and I hope it's been upward since then. It has definitely. I mean, it, it kind of came to like a weird twist and turn last year, but then again, I said I've just finished an EP. I'm actually moving full, more full time into production, which is so exciting. It's so much fun. I have a few things about to be released in the next few months, so it's like it's only beginning in my in my mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. um, yeah opinion. But like, yeah, it's been amazing. It's been really rewarding. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm also starting music production. Watch this space next nice. year. There's going to be so many Juba dance tracks out there. So, <laughs> and I think it also, <laughs> I think it's a typical example, um, a typical result of last year. Like a lot of us DJs were sitting at home, like, okay, we've got yeah. a lot of time on our hands and mm. we want to explore other ways of like engaging with music and our careers and yeah. making music yeah. is just a beautiful thing. So yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah. and mm. a final, final bit. Can you share a message that you received that empowered you and that just made you feel good about yourself as a DJ, as a producer, as a human being, as anything? <laughs> wow, that's a tough one. Actually, I saw this question. I was like, who, how, when, how? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I will say that I receive a lot of support from, from my immediate circle, from my mom. You know, we've, got, we've gone like 360 with my mom because it was actually, I will say that she was one of the people who would be like, you know, fueling that what is what in the lord's name are you doing here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. fire when i was starting out because it honestly didn't make sense i just finished a degree in like what web design and like computer art and then i worked in journalism and then all of a sudden now i want to be at it like it just didn't make sense but now she's like my biggest fan <laughs> it's crazy she's like i saw you on ig and you have logged off yeah you won't find me like stalking me and stuff but like she has really inspired me Mm. to just keep moving and just her 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 growth because she's from a different generation and I always like you know have space for 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 these people when it's like they grew up a certain way with certain expectations and all they want is the best for their children and the best has always been a certain line of you know career or or like work or employment and that's just the reality from which they came from but for somebody to like change from that and like see it from your point of view like it's it's so it's 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 inspiring it's amazing it's like um you you have changed you've grown into a different uh way of of thinking for your own children and it's like it it, it keeps me going it actually mm. like because i expected it to be like um you know there's some there's some people who would maybe rub it in your face that you don't have work anymore you see what what an unpredictable sector of work you decided to to do you could have been a doctor you could have been you'd still be working you know but she wasn't like that it was just like you know well if you need support you need rent let me know and I was like this is this is amazing like this is literally what kept me going last year another person who's like super inspired me is my my partner as well who also is a is a DJ and had to completely change his line of career as well and completely like rebrand himself and 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 just to be able to sustain himself and he sees the potential and 
the growth that I have and like super excited for my production career as well. So that's what's keeping me super excited. What I really like, I think mo- more or less all the other DJs that I've spoken to and asked them about yeah. a message they received, it's often yeah. been from fans, but it's actually nice mm-hmm. to hear about messages from family members and from partners and stuff, because especially yeah. as like an African, as a, when you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, our parents, they don't really get our line of work. I completely resonate. <laughs> my parents, I remember, I, I think I said before, I had to hide my dates when I first started DJing because my dad was oh. just so against it. Like he would literally threaten to throw them away. Now I think they're oh, slowly no. starting to understand what I'm doing with my life, but I guess it, yeah. it kind of mm. correlates with what they see as success. And I have my views on, parents supporting once Mm. they see success as opposed to supporting when you were trying to get there in the first place Mm -hmm. I don't know I feel I feel Mm -hmm. conflicted at that because it's like yeah yeah, there's there's validation Mm -hmm. but then also there's like you should have at least been supportive or more supportive at the beginning when I you couldn't get any sort of pride from my life choices so (laughs) I don't know it's a funny one it's a funny one yeah unpacking in my head yeah, um, catch twenty two. Right, yeah, yeah. But yeah, then yeah, mm. there's also the understanding of where they come from and why they have that viewpoint. You know, like That's they come from a say, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And for them, it meant uh, survival. It meant the difference between you living in a house and you living on the streets. If you picked certain careers back in the time, especially when Kenya was still a one-party state, things like theatre were frowned upon. Actually, people who expressed themselves freely were monitored by the state because you are actually speaking out and mm. confidence and having opinions and thoughts how dare you you know certain things like those could not sustain you for shit so it's like for them it's like do you want to stop do you want me to feed you forever like so mm. i had to really think about it that way to understand where they were coming yeah, from because yeah, it's yeah. not from hate it's not from like you're just an idiot it's you need to eat and I need to look good in front of my friends. Like, it's how, like, you're just embarrassing me and stuff. Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's like you take it with, like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. You just give them a bit of grace for, like, I feel you. at least hearing you out. At least reaching the point where they're like, fine, you're a DJ. At least make some money. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you and I think maybe I, I need to be, I do understand where it comes from, but I guess there's sort of those frustrations <laughs> I have. And it's like, I don't want to live my life based upon people's opinions of me. Obviously, I have mm-hmm. my opinions of me mm-hmm. and I have what I want to do with myself, but I don't like people's lives being dictated by external and opinions because mm-hmm. half the time the judgment you're afraid of all those people have their own shit going on and they've all like done messed up things anyway <laughs> like and you never <laughs> exactly know and they never tell you <laughs> exactly you never they never tell you that their own child's a failure or whatever or that they're freaking you know <laughs> going to prison next year for fraud or something but no one's telling the truth of what is actually happening in their lives so i'm kind of like whose standard am i being judged by like no one's uh, perfect so. i know no one's perfect no one's perfect yeah, perfect. yeah exactly. Exactly. poco m we have actually made it to the end of this podcast. I, as, I'm not going to lie to you. At some point, I was like, is this going to happen? Me <laughs> too. was like, yo, no, but we must make it happen and finish because otherwise you're setting up like this again. Hey. Dude, dude, I'm sorry. If it didn't it's happen today, yeah. it's nice to know you, but this would not be coming out. <laughs> Coco M, it's been great talking to you. Thank you. Thank Amazing. you for your insight. I knew you'd have so much insightful stuff to share i knew you'd have so many perspectives <laughs> on dj into society to just yeah i'm really glad i had you on and um thank you so much for being here with me 
Thank you so much for having me, Juba. I'm so happy. Like when I saw the first one, I was like, mm, Juba has not called me. Anyway, it's fine. And then he called, <laughs> I was like, okay, yay. I'm just gonna passive aggressively like all the posts about the podcast. <laughs> yeah. so exactly. But no, it's, it's always been good vibes between us. Like I remember like back when we yeah. I think the first time we met, we literally just danced next to each other for like two and hours. And we danced for so and long we didn't even like really talk and her energy exactly I, we were at the, the front just like ha 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 sweaty what 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 and but I love that line. <laughs> but of yeah that was, that was that was fun times hopefully one day we can do that again of course anyway Coco M I'm gonna bid you goodbye <laughs> I need to make my egg thank you soup. I'm starving so yeah do the thing, man. Eat your food for some more food and stop challenging you. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. So this has been the Assurance Podcast, a follow-up to my documentary that explored the experiences of female DJs in Nigeria. Assurance, the documentary, focused on women in Lagos' music scene, but overall, Assurance is all about spotlighting voices away from the European and North American club scenes, which tend to dominate in conversations around gender and representation in music. And helping me share this empowering conversation have been Adidas and Zalando, who sponsored this podcast as part of their Step Into You campaign.